0: Good morning, my Libville Change friends and family. We are aiming here in five minutes to give you some tools to get your mind right for the day. You need to think rightly about God and about yourself and about this world. And yesterday I got off on a little bit of a rant toward the end. I hope it didn't strike you wrongly, but I was using politics as an example of where we believers in Christ who have so much more to live for than anything this world has to offer get embroiled in the things of this world in ways that aren't helpful and aren't productive for the purposes God has in mind. And as I said, I was using politics as an example of that. Now, I do think believers should be involved in politics. We should exercise our our God-given freedom to vote. We should even... Make commentary among our friends and our circle of friends about what we see in the political process going on and the candidates we believe in and why. And base all that on biblical principles and and scriptural ideas. But, in this last election cycle especially, I saw so many believers getting their hopes pinned on a candidate or on a cause or on a party and so opposed to another that they lived, breathed, talked, slept. That cause, that candidate, that issue. Every post on Facebook was about it. Every comment they made was about it. Their minds were saturated with it. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 20, Paul has said, all the things going on in this world that look like wisdom are not really wisdom in an eternal sense because they don't lead to the knowledge of God. Now, going back to politics, could God use politics to bring someone to the knowledge of God? Well, He's God. Of course He could. And in some cases, He might. But Paul's point here is that we are not to put our hope and our trust in the wisdom of this age because the wisdom of this age does not, generally speaking, lead to the knowledge of God. All of those so-called experts out there don't get to a knowledge of God through their expertise. That only happens through the simple message of the gospel that Jesus Christ, the God-man, was born into the world, lived a perfect life, died on the cross taking the penalty, the punishment all of us deserved, and rose from the grave leaving our sin behind offering us new life, truly a new life. That's the gospel message, and that is what leads us to the knowledge of God and to relationship with Him. And so Paul goes on in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, and he says, Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. And he's that's a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, he says. But he says, to those who are called, whether they're Jews or Greeks, it's Christ as the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the gospel reveals to us that Jesus Christ is what matters in life. It's not politics. It's not hobbies. It's not business. It's not uh, building wealth. It's not even supporting causes through your wealth, which I'm all for. What matters is Jesus Christ. He's got to be the central focal point of everything we do as believers in Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 25, for the foolishness of God, which he just defined as Jesus Christ, is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now he's not saying Jesus is foolish. He's not saying the gospel message is foolish. He's not saying they're weak. What he's saying is, The world would look at them and say they're foolish the world would look at them in its quote-unquote wisdom and say they are weak but he's saying they are god's power they are where god's power comes from so look at your day today whatever you're facing whoever you're going to be dealing with and remember Jesus Christ is in your life. And that means you have all the power of God on your side today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's the truth. And I'm praying you will be able to live in that power today and see him at work in your life.